Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. Remember, you can save $5 at checkout on trumplung7.com using our discount code LSS, as in Louisiana Sister Squad. On this episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast, we'll be discussing programming mechanisms and how television and media affect the human consciousness with an expert in hypnotherapy, psychology, mental health and wellness, mindfulness, Jahan Sator. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. My name is Jahan Sator. I'm a mindfulness teacher, a truth teller, subconscious self-sabotage coach, and host of the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. What is a self-sabotage coach? What I do as a self-sabotage coach is I recognize that the primary reason we screw up our lives is due to subconscious programming. Can you give us an example of somebody that you've worked with that does self-sabotage and how you were able to help them? And then we can go into the subconscious mind. Let's give you a simple example. Let's say somebody wants to lose 30 pounds and they've been trying for a long time to lose this and they've been going to the gym, they've been trying to diet and then the major problem that they're having is that they don't know the right combinations of foods to eat. When they get going on it and they start to lose a bunch of pounds, they find themselves at the Walmart buying a box of cheap donuts. They find themselves, you know, at the, (laughs) why are you laughing? (laughs) They find themselves at the the ice cream place gorging on some uh, chocolate fudge or something. They end up doing everything that they should be doing. And what happens is that it's it's their subconscious mind that has some program there's something they haven't dealt with and there's a reason behind their gravitating towards these unhelpful eating patterns that then you know they're working out really hard in the gym and they can't see any results so that's a really easy example there's more difficult things that i could talk about but i think that's best for your listeners to relate to I definitely understand that. So you're working towards something and for whatever reason, and what you're saying is it's probably something, a trigger from the past, something that's like almost making you like you almost can't resist it at that point. Not that you can't, it's that you don't resist it because of something is triggering that kind of uh, response, correct? Yeah, in a lot of instances, it is both that you don't resist it and that you can't. It depends on the situation. And um, the subconscious mind has the power to make you do anything. And um, the the thing about it is, is that the majority of what we do is all dictated by what is in the subconscious. So if you are in, let's give another example. If you are in a relationship and you keep getting into fights with this person and they're not a narcissist, it's actually you pushing the person away with your behavior 
and you break up with them, you go on to somebody else and same thing happens. And then you go on to somebody else and same thing happens. Or maybe you have a string of marriages that don't work out right. And it, you know, the person on the other end of it is just, it seems to be you that's doing something or maybe you want to make more money, but you don't know what it is you keep doing because as soon as you get money, it's gone from your hands. That's a subconscious program. The reason why, and I'm just going to say it straight off, the reason why people believe that uh, allopathic medicine has any benefit to it whatsoever is because we've been told. So that's a subconscious pattern. And things like addictions and all of that are also subconscious patterns. So when we talk about the reason we believe some medicines work, is that like the placebo effect? Yeah, I mean, the mind can can do just about anything you ask it to do if you know how to ask. And a lot of that stuff is autopilot. So um, the placebo effect is a big thing because a large part of the time, because the medication that we get in our prescriptions, that largely depends on protein synthesis, protein bonding. And it, just because you take a pill that says it'll do something for your liver or your kidney or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's actually going to do that. It gets in your body and it does whatever it does without any real guarantee. And so just because they say that it works, it doesn't mean that it works. It's your mind that's healing the body at all times. The pills only may give you a boost. What is like the most profound thing that you've uh, seen happen with one of your clients? I think in the past eight years of doing this, the biggest thing that I've witnessed is a couple of years ago, a young girl, she's about 23, she'd been an addict her whole life. Her father's abusive, her mother's codependent to the narcissist. Uh, she got hooked on heroin when she was 14 years old. And so you're, ta you're, you're talking about from 14 to 23, all she did was use anything she could find to get high to suppress the reality that her parents weren't good to her and uh, to deal with all this stuff that she had to deal with at home with them. And uh, when it finally hit home for her that she could be better, it took a lot of convincing and it took a lot of uh, different procedures and stuff to get her to change her mindset and to swap out different subconscious programs and whatnot. And it, it really took her a long time for all of that to sink in. And she realized that, you know what, I actually am good enough. And that is one of the major programs that people have. It's I'm not good enough somehow. And um, that girl went on to figure out that she could go back to school, that she could study anatomy, and that she could go on to help others who are just like her because that's what she discovered was her real passionate purpose and stuff like that. She dropped out of high school because uh, she was always high. All the kids would bully her on top of her parents. And when she came to realize that it was all of these programs she was carrying around that were actually causing situations to manifest and that it wasn't necessarily that uh, people were nasty, she kept finding herself in the wrong place, wrong time, every single time. It was because of her subconscious. 
And uh, it was just a really great thing to see somebody who'd been an addict for that long give it up and uh, move on with their lives. Remember that people are always just people and they just don't know the things that they don't know. And I love to say that people don't know how to do things that they don't know how to do. And until somebody is willing to sit with them for long enough and say, hey, listen, look, I've been there in one way or another. There's all of these different techniques that are buried behind the scenes that we're never allowed to know about. And even though the coaching industry is a big thing, even though the psychology, psychiatry industry exists, it's not about helping you. It's not about teaching you these things. It's about getting you wrapped up in the fantasy that is solipsism or the idea that you know you can close your eyes real tight and squeeze your asshole real tight and you can manifest any reality that you want you don't have to do anything about it it's this fantasy that everybody has a divine purpose and you can make ten thousand dollars a month doing whatever it is you love to do you know even if it's something ridiculous and and um people love those kinds of things because deep down everybody is a good person in some way and they and they have the capacity to want to help others with something that they love doing because they feel as though if this thing brings them joy it must bring someone else joy and we all love giving even if we're evil we still love giving and that's been proven it's it's difficult honestly because uh, it, it's it's more of the TV and more of the government running our lives and telling us, you know, hey, you can do this thing. Look over here. Wouldn't this be fun to do this? And so people's problems aren't really solved and, and the tools that you need aren't really out there. You're not going to find the things that people like me talk about on a meme anywhere. Okay, so on the other end of the spectrum, somebody that isn't using drugs and alcohol, you know, they're, you know, they're like controlled by the substance someone who is just like a narcissist. Um, how do you get around that? Because, you know, they, it's like, that's their makeup to like blame everyone else and never themselves. And you're the crazy one, not me and things like that. Well, well, let me, let me start by saying this. We call people addicts when they have a habit that they can't put down. And the reason why they can't put it down is because they won't put it down. The reason why they won't put it down is because they have subconscious programs like I'm not safe, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm ugly. Uh, all these different things, which are, I just gave you the, the top most common programs that people come to me with. And they're taking in all this from the media. They're taking all of this in when they're little kids and they're... Uh, reading or watching the news and they see there's some event some crazy person shot up on heroin or or got doped up and and went and did something crazy stabbed somebody whatever the case is kids remember all that kind of stuff and so that could play out at any time any number of things could be the problem there could be any number of sources where somebody who is an addict would pick those things up on the other spectrum of that people who are quote unquote living normal lives just as bad as they are with other things we're all addicted to some uh maladaptive coping mechanism that we have in our minds it's all a construct that came from somewhere outside of us and very rarely is it as a result of a belief let's say 
this is what coaching douchebags call a limiting belief. Like to me, that doesn't exist. It's all subconscious because in order to have a, a limitation, there must be something that you are thinking habitually that has gone down deep below on such a level that it's now an automatic thing that you do and you may not be aware of it. And so to bring that into conscious awareness takes a tremendous amount of work, but most people will avoid the the little hit of pain that comes along with realizing that, oh, it's me doing this thing or me saying, oh, I really just said that to this person. How do I hold myself accountable for that without feeling pain? That's what people want to know. They don't like the momentary sting of emotion. And that's the number one problem with regular people who aren't classified as addicts. They're addicted to safety. And so the subconscious mind loves safety. And also with narcissists, dealing with a narcissist, the best thing to do is just put on a really comfortable pair of shoes and run. Okay? Like you can't you can't do anything about that. And if you've noticed, I did a series on narcissism on my Instagram. And the purpose of that is to break the stereotype because not everyone is a narcissist just because you have a list that you've seen online or maybe Dr. Romani Dervasula, you saw a video of hers on YouTube or some other person talking about narcissism and you said, hmm, that sounds like my mom or that sounds like my husband or whatever. That's not how it works. Um, there's two types of narcissists that exist. They are the ones who are really bad and they have narcissistic personality disorder, which means that they've uh, hit about four or five of the main behaviors for being classified as a narcissist. They have no empathy, all these kinds of things. They're basically a psychopath walking around. And then there's narcissism that comes from the cult and i like to call it the global cult of disempowerment so these are the people who get trained in certain behaviors from the tv wherever because you know we've we've come to socially accept certain things as being normal and uh it's, it's rampant. So that's why it appears as though everybody and their grandmother is a narcissist these days. Does that make sense to you? I've been around a narcissist and you'll know one when you meet one. Consistently gets worse the more you are around them. So yeah, don't use that word lightly. Yeah, that's, that's why I decided to do that series because people are too quick to point the finger and say, oh, this person's a narcissist. Well, how do you know that? Because inherently in some way, Calling a person a narcissist could potentially mean you might be a narcissist because you're attempting to say that the person isn't being who you think they should be for you. Who are you and why do you have this level of specialness? And the word narcissism comes from the Greek myth of uh, Narcissus, who is a, a young guy who's very attractive and he's looking for somebody to love. And it's like a beautiful nymph named Echo or something like that comes and loves him and basically she echoes everything that he says back to him and he rejects her and so she disappears and then Narcissus looks for his perfect mate and then one day while he's on this search he sees his own reflection in a river 
and he stares at his own reflection until he dies. And so that tells you a lot about what narcissism actually is. It's the inability to love anything except for your own ideas, concepts, body, whatever you want to call it. It's all about you. And um, in that story, Narcissus values, um, his values are all self-centered. It's all about him. It's all about admiration for him. How can I get more of that? And um, he sees himself as unique. He sees himself as special. He sees himself as entitled. And so we see a lot of that in meme culture these days. And so where I'm going with all of that is that there's things like self-love isn't selfish. And later on when I talk about like hypnotic commands and stuff like that, that's one of the number one commands right now that we see that's embedded in the culture. And it's almost as though people read that, they agree with it, they validate that as fact inside of their minds, and they go on to isolate people and they live in this self-aggrandizing, self-admiring, extremely narcissistic way. Self-love doesn't exist. Because if you are constantly focused on loving yourself, then you have no love to give to anybody else. And it is only a very small number of people, a very rare class of person that comes to realize that level of wisdom in life. And, you know, I want to say it's small, it's still relatively big because we found each other. <laughs> but, um, you know, we found each other in a pool of people who are like that and who actually can think for themselves. And so we see all these notions about I am special. And that's one of the biggest challenges for a narcissistic person to, to really uh, understand that maybe they're not special. They have a big part of being a narcissist, whether it's on either spectrum, whether it's the cult that's trained you and so you're just a person who ranks high on the narcissistic personality inventory, or if you're just a, a crazy old NPD, then the main thing they're looking for is attention and they're trying to do everything every moment of the day to maintain their own self-concept that they're special somehow and it's a lot of work to convince yourself day in day out that you are special and so they can't understand that maybe they they might not be i mean shit. if you look at one of the posts on my instagram there's somebody that has a, a hissy fit talking about they don't agree with that and i say well there you go and you're a narcissist <laughs> because if you genuinely don't understand that you are not special that that we are all uh just fractions of consciousness fractions of energy inside of a vessel that is meant to express that consciousness if you don't get that and you still think that you're better than somebody else and you can't see how that's a red flag for you then you got to go see a psychiatrist something's you know, like nobody can, nobody else can help you with that <laughs> So it's a, it's a very interesting thing that happens with narcissists. Anyway, I won't ramble about it because you could talk about this for hours and hours. So we talk about like the subconscious mind and what a big part like that plays into basically everything we do and only briefly touched on where do, where does all of your subconscious mind come from? And so I wondered if we could dive into the programming portion of our subconscious mind.
the programming portion. Okay, great. So I have a spiel that I love to give. I mean, I've said it so many times. I'm surprised that I can say anything else at this point. Um, so it's been found by researchers that the mind can perform 10 trillion tasks per second without you being aware of it. Now, if you ask yourself what is causing my blood to flow all through my body and what keeps me alive, what's processing the oxygen, what's making my heart beat, that's all the subconscious mind. And so you can't consciously do any of that. I love to say that the conscious part of your mind is just that bit of you that stops you from bumping into shit. And it can only take in about 140 bits of information in a second. But the subconscious is estimated to be communicating to 60 to 70 trillion cells around 6 trillion commands per second. So the subconscious is responsible for all of the things that not only keep you alive, but they make you who you are, your personality, and they make you do what you do. And it's responsible for keeping you healthy, happy, and safe at all times. That's all it's concerned with. So when I ask people my favorite question, which is, are you aware of your subconscious programming and the consequential behaviors? Hardly anybody knows what I'm talking about. Okay, everybody just automatically thinks I'm fine. And it's because everyone thinks that they're, they are their own best psychologist. And uh, we have this thing I, I love to call the self-justification index, where it's just a stream of thoughts that confirm our already existing thoughts and all the information we have in our brains and the reasons as to why we do something. And we've already got all the excuses as to why we do something, and we never question it. It's a no-no. Because if you question it, you'll feel pain and then you'll be like, huh, why did that come up? No, let's go right back to telling ourselves a story that makes us happy. And so the subconscious thing, it's, it's great to have as a tool if you know how to use it. But it's also very insidious because according to all of the cognitive research, uh, it tells us that the conscious mind is responsible for stuff like free will and creative thought and it really only is responsible for about 1% to 5%, if you're lucky, of our daily actions. And everything else is subconscious. So that means that if you've got stuff going on in your life and it's, your life isn't the way that you want it and you know that something's going wrong, it's not society. It's you. It's that 95 to 99% of your day, you're screwing up your life because you've got faulty subconscious programs. So... That's where I come in because I'm a self-sabotage coach and I'm able to tell people, okay, well, here's what you're telling me because people are always speaking out their default program, always. The question is, how do I get to a point where I can control my conscious mind? Because if you aren't controlling your conscious mind, then you're either living in the past or you're living in the future. And so who's running your life? still your subconscious you're still doing everything except for what you actually want to do and the problem with that is most people don't know what they actually want and so the subconscious mind is a hard drive and it just stores information and this information is programs i've said that a bunch of times and there's a reason why i'm repeating it because the subconscious mind loves repetition and so I'm trying to program all your listeners and you as well with this simple fact. The subconscious mind loves repetition. The subconscious mind loves images and symbols because the language of the subconscious mind is in images and symbols.
a large part of the time, and this is controversial, I shouldn't be saying this because the psychology industry doesn't want you to know this, a large part of the time when you receive imagery in your mind, you see it in your mind's eye, that's some subconscious information that's coming up. It's linked to something that's a program that is dictating everything that you do in your life. And so the difference between the subconscious and the unconscious is that the unconscious is that part of you that kind of, you know, if you go out drinking and you get into a fight, you go on a couple of bar crawls and stuff and you wake up the next day with a really bad headache and you're like, how the hell did I even do that? That was your unconscious that took over and, and ran the show in connection with your subconscious mind communicating together to keep you from dying because that's what the subconscious mind does. It keeps you safe. And it's always scanning the environment for what are the majority of people doing. And so if the majority of people are taking drugs or drinking coffee or smoking marijuana or just banging everything in sight or they believe that the government is their daddy, then they're going to they're going to act out those subconscious programs because everything in psychology, hey, look, I'll give you years of psychology classes in one sentence. Everything in psychology is about stimulus versus response. How do I respond to something in my environment? So the subconscious mind is very much like that. The subconscious already has everything that you need to respond to anything in your environment because it's actually your environment that programs you. And so when I say environment, it could be what's on the TV. It could be in your what's in your bedroom. It could be what's in the city that you live in, your neighborhood. And so it's it's just always scanning for information that it needs to keep you safe. And so if you watch a movie and there's a particular looking spike protein there in the movie, you're already in rearing to go when that comes on TV and they tell you, oh, this thing with spikes is killing everybody you're going to believe that automatically because it's you've seen that a bunch of times before so anybody can make you do anything including uh flap your arms and cluck like a chicken or drag your ass across the carpet like a dog with an itchy ass as long as they get to your subconscious mind and so we see stuff like that all the time just turn on late night television this is the only time i will advocate for watching tv because you want to watch like the late late show or something for an episode when they've got a mentalist on and that's exactly what they're doing they tell you all the time what they're doing to you and they make you laugh at it while they're doing it to you i'd like to ask you about the people that are seemingly just not in a conscious mind i heard um you say on a previous podcast that like five percent consciousness is like a max capacity that's really like the max you could be conscious is just five percent because of the rest of your subconscious mind i don't know if that applies to you but i heard you say that what about the people that are really at like less than one percent like the sheep that we see is is there any hope for them yeah let's let's use the ratio of five percent conscious mind 95 percent subconscious mind now if you are mostly programmed you would be in that one percent category and if, like if you've got a phd in tv watching and a diploma from starbucks university then 
you've got a serious problem because there are actually people who don't know how to do anything for themselves. It's just go to work, come back home, watch the TV, eat some snacks, repeat. Those are the most dangerous people on the planet because when anything major happens, like right now, we are seeing that they're in, they're completely unable to do anything about their own enslavement and they're literally being hypnotized into euthanizing themselves. Let's talk about what happens during subconscious reprogramming because I, I know you want to talk about the who's in the 5% and stuff like that. Well, that's all we got. That's all the research can tell us. Neuroscience has not found any other figures higher than 5% conscious mind. So even me talking about this, I'm trying very hard to use my 5% to communicate what the 95% does. And I think that that's the number one reason why we see so much chaos on the planet because everybody has maladaptive subconscious programs that come from Uncle Sam or from the TV. And uh, it's, it's almost a fact at this point that whatever is the default behavior on American television, that's, that's what's on the street in every other country. So there's a saying that whatever is on TV in the morning is what's on the street at that was going to be my next question, just thinking about people that live in other countries that are, you know, they're not impacted by Western civilization. I would presume that those people would be a bit more conscious because they're connecting with their elders, they're talking, they're, they don't have these devices and, and other kinds of really outside programming affecting them. Is In comparison, like, is that accurate, do you think? So that would be a very small... Uh, demographic of people who actually aren't exposed to the technology that carries the programming right but the television has been around for such a long time and they've been uh programming us for such a long time i think I, when i talked to you guys last night i mentioned that there was a experiment done in 1923 by the zenith broadcasting corporation where they experimented with projecting telepathic messages onto people through radio and then the BBC followed up with a study on it the year after. So British Broadcasting Company. So that's the US and the UK doing the same experiment. And whatever those two countries do, every other country does. And um, they try and find different ways of getting these things. Like if it's through the school route, they try to agree on certain things that will be in the curriculum worldwide that we can all make. And they try to make it sound like it's universal education so that everybody understands and they're on the same page and stuff like that but it's really just so that everybody has the same programming and so if you look at like the cases of i don't even want to know i don't i don't even know if i should bring this up like the vaccination cases and stuff like that if you look at the countries where there's high rates of vaccination look at what's on their television sets look at what's the default programming what aspects of the culture line up worldwide and you will see that there are particular programs that are universal that are projected on all of us if you want to look at something like uh, fuck it let's get into it uh if you want to look at stuff like the surge of rampant homosexuality and the surge of transgenderism all of these unhealthy gender ideologies that we're seeing now the over-sexualizing of kids, where is that coming from? It's coming from programs. And so 
it's coming and not only is it coming from programs it, it's twofold because in order to get something in the body which is where the subconscious mind lives you have to get inside the body as well so how do you do that you make sure everybody's eating bad food you make sure there's poisons that they ingest every single day so that they're kept weak and that's where things like alcohol and caffeine come into play and that's where sugar all of the uh filler agents in the vaccines all the filler agents in vitamins and and the medications the prescription medications in themselves are telling the body certain things and so every cell has receptors and so from the time you're born up until whatever age you're at right now you've been receiving programming that goes directly to these receptors in the cells and they wait to be triggered by some event in your environment and they're expecting a certain quality of information a certain quantity of information and for this information to be within a certain context or category in order to fire off these uh, programs. And so these cell receptors also carry nutritional information and hormonal information. And so if everybody's eating bad food, they're in their limbic system all the time because they're jacked up on caffeine and sugar and uh, they're in fight or flight because the prescription medication or their vitamins have filler agents or something else in the environment is going on that is agitating them on a cellular level. They're going to default to subconscious programs that are already stored in there. And an interesting example of this is that we have like, okay, let's go right into some more tea then. So some, some bogus therapist the other day came at me and said i'm judgmental because i said a man cannot be a woman and as far as i know in all the anatomy textbooks out there they show you a man they tell you what a man is they show you the body structure they show you the differences in certain organs and they show you what a man is doing the same thing so a man cannot be a woman nature doesn't make mistakes and so somehow to this person who actually gets paid to help people I'm judgmental because I don't want to accept their programming. You know, we see that in every other aspect of society at this point. If you don't think the way that I do, you're bad. And those are the people who are programmed. So I'm saying that because these things like atrazine, because this is what the person tried to justify their belief with, the gay frog theory. You know, Alex Jones has been talking about gay frogs for 25 years and nobody wanted to listen to the guy. I mean, to tell the truth, I, I hardly listen to the guy, so I get it. Like, I can't take him seriously. But um, it's a thing that's happening. There's 500 plus chemicals, including this atrazine, in the water supply. And it's agitating your cells. It's communicating a certain hormonal information to your cells. And so when the cell becomes confused because the cell has the nucleus in it, which is essentially a hard drive that carries the information about you, when that becomes confused, your entire body becomes confused. And so when a person says, I'm attracted to men, even though I'm a man, and I say that's a subconscious program, they say, well, how can I feel that way? And I say, well, feelings aren't facts. 
It's, it's your cells that are communicating to you, I'm confused about my default nature. Nature never makes a mistake. Even leaves fall from a tree in a specific geometrical pattern. They've proved this. They've put trees under all kinds of different um, circumstances in a controlled environment to try to prove this wrong. And they figured out that no matter what they did, they could not stop these leaves from pointing a particular direction, which is very geometrically specific. Nature does not fuck up. So all of the confusion and the chaos that we're seeing is as a result of people having different hormonal information, different nutritional information, different information about themselves being communicated to these cells. And so this internal conflict creates conflict on the outside in the world with how we act, right? So it's important that people understand that because that's science. That's the science you should be following, right? And if this information is kept from us, and they will never tell you this in schools. I want to know why it is the way it is, why we're seeing this programming. What do you think is the agenda and purpose behind this programming? What do I think is the agenda and purpose behind this programming? Because if you can keep people in fear, then you can keep them pretty much doing whatever you want them to do. And the, the problem is that these beings or these people or whatever you think that they are, they aren't very creative. They cannot do the things that we do. And you will find that even if you've ever met an evil fucking person in your life, you realize that they're not very creative. It seems as though something else is running the show and they can't solve certain problems unless it, it is directly correlated to causing somebody pain somehow. And so when you have people who are so short-sighted and they cannot do anything and they know that human beings are very powerful beings. And so you have to suppress that natural ability to be supernatural because we are all supernatural. And so they want to shut that off so that they can keep us feeding them with our energy. It's not about the money. They print the money. People who say something is about the money, they don't understand. Energy is currency. Money is not. I already know that truth sounds like judgment to a fool. So what can I really say in response to that? Okay, fine. I love you anyway. Bye. Like People always try to tell you stuff about you and this is a big tip for anybody that they come across a narcissist or somebody starts jawjacking you just say listen i get it why don't you just tell me more about me since you're with me 24 7. go ahead because you're not taking the bait and what they want to do is they want to pass on their frustration with their shitty lives to you and if you don't take it it's like they start vibrating rapidly and you're like ah and they have to go and do something or say something to somebody else who is quite frankly probably going to knock them on their ass so you just you know knock it back in their court and move on with your life don't worry about it but i said that to i gave that specific example to show you that people who are educated are not exempt from subconscious programming i actually think they're more susceptible to it because they go through the indoctrination camp longer than um your blue collar worker with a trade who's out there seeing the world and seeing things for more so what they are mm -hmm. that's an excellent point the reason why i speak about those particular programs is because a lot of people are doing that and they 
don't understand what they're they're doing. So in other words, they're not making a conscious choice. And I love everybody. I have friends in every camp, and they don't they know better than to argue with me about it. But they understand what they're choosing because they hang out with me, and I tell them straight up, you know, this is what I found, and this is what I this is what I can tell you about this particular thing, and and we all agree, and you know, we love each other, we respect each other, and we get along just fine. And they understand that. Okay, well, now I have information that I can now make a choice for myself as to whether I want to change this program or not. If you're in a position where you know exactly what you're choosing. Awesome, because it's kind of like going to a restaurant. You want to get a burger, and so you look at the menu and you see what are the options you have. But if you go to a restaurant and they only sell burgers, and you want pancakes, and you start yelling at the person on the other side saying, "I want pancakes," and they say, "Well, we only have hamburger," then you're the asshole. And so people are being the asshole to themselves in their own life because they so readily believe everything that's going on outside of them, and they aren't asking any further questions. They just agree with something. They take it and they run with it. And then we see people who choose these things. There's, there are so many cases of homosexuality and transgenders that they change their sexual orientation. They change their body, and when they reach a certain point, they realize there's no turning back, and they've just done this dance between the two things, and they've lived incredibly unhappy lives. There are even still people who are, you know, homosexuals who've been that way for 30 40 years of their lives and they still feel very confused about their identity and they're unsure of it and so i'm saying all of these kinds of things because people need to have their main superpower which is the power of choice given back to them so that at the end of the day they can say okay i am this way i choose this and i understand all of the information that goes with it yeah it really seems like our environment now is it's not it's no longer okay to ask somebody why. Like if you tell me you're this way, hey, Katie, I'm a banana today. And I go, well, why are you a banana? I've now, I've offended you because I asked you why. How dare you peel me? Yes, exactly. You're totally <laughs> peeled now. Um, and so instead of just being able to explain why you're a banana, you're offended because I asked you, why do you feel like you're a banana today? Because I'm looking at you and I'm sorry, but you're not a fucking banana. Um, okay, well, thank you uh, so much for discussing these topics. And I know that we have so much more that we could possibly talk about, which is why I would like to invite you on again. Is there anything that you would like to say to round out this episode? Is there anything I would like to say to round out this episode? <laughs> Stop watching TV. Stop taking the shitty vitamins from all the cabal companies. Like take some time for yourself and really get good at asking yourself a few questions. Anytime a thought comes up in your head, say, stop. How is this serving me? How is this thought process serving me? Is this a belief? For what purpose do I think this? And I guarantee you, the brain's going to tell you, this is what you believe about this thing. And you say, oh, okay, really? Well, that kind of hurts. But for what purpose do I feel that pain? As long as you continue to ask questions phrased in for what purpose or what is the reason and you avoid saying why or you ask yourself questions like how specifically is this thing related to this or maybe you get an answer to something and you just want to maintain curiosity about your life and the contents of your mind you say okay well what does that mean for me 
you get an answer, you say, okay, and that means, or you say, okay, well, what is the cause to this effect? Because we live in a cause and effect universe. And so everything is, is basically uh, those two things. And if you start playing that game inside your own head, you will find that self-reflection is actually not a painful thing. It's actually quite pleasurable. And you'll get a lot further in your life if you just you know, let your nuts descend and ask yourself better questions and stop putting chemicals in your body that throw you into fight or flight. Because all you're doing is agitating yourself and you're making yourself sick in the long run. You're not going to win the game. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. And we will see you next. The Truth Train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform, Telegram, for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday.